0: Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass, we're in episode 236, glad you could join us. Uh, we're starting off with kind of a, a small crew, it's just me and Jay, and then Libby will be joining us probably in about 20 minutes. But uh, let's get started with introductions, starting at the top of the list with Jay.
1: Hey, I'm finally at the top of the list, this is actually kind of cool, I think this might be the first time this has happened. Um, yeah, my name is Jason, I'm also one of the uh, the hosts here on Biomass, and I am, a, I am an angry, mean, old gamer today. I am... I want to yell at people to get off my lawn and stop spoiling my games.
0: Basically, if you play Destiny 2, don't look at the internet. Like, Don't even listen to the show because you won't spoil anything, but you'll at least be on the internet and you might see Reddit or YouTube and it'll be all over. Um, We'll talk about that in a bit, though. Uh, For As for me, I'm Pokey Draven. I obviously help host the show as well. Uh, I do a lot of the Project Nova coverage with Livy, and uh, I am also looking forward to uh some slightly spoiler but um uh, destiny 2 stuff coming up so we'll touch on that uh a little bit later in the show but i did want to start off with some movies and entertainment news so we've seen the departure of a lot of these marvel and netflix cooperations they had like the what's it called the defenders marvel defenders and iron fist got cancelled and luke cage got cancelled and it looks like daredevil has now been cancelled uh, leaving just, I believe Jessica Jones and the Punisher are still the only ones that are still standing. Um, I don't watch any of these, but I know Jay. You kind of touched a little bit more on them. What do you think about this? Is is it kind of time for them to stop, or are they get to that point where it's like they've done enough, or was there more quality stuff that could come for this?
1: Um. So, in, in bullet in kind of bullet statements, and then we'll kind of unwrap it a little bit. One, they they had done enough. I think with each one of those storylines, um, but they they could have certainly explored all of them more uh, to to be honest with you. They, they were all very well done. Now you can argue about like individual like episode to episode quality a couple times and some of the series, you know very much kind of your mileage may vary kind of thing. Uh, by and large, they were all very good. And if I remember the thing about it is if I remember correctly, They were sort of originally intended to not necessarily be an ongoing series like year to year TV, traditional TV series. I don't think that was really ever their intention. I think it was more along the lines of uh, a long form, like one off series or a long form story arc. uh, And and then they might they might have another one or they might have, you know, it was not designed as a as a. A rolling seasonal activity, like you see on a, on a normal TV show, if if I remember correctly. Um, and if you think about it, sort of the way they worked, none of them—they they were all. You could argue that they're all basically one big series because they—they most of them ran uh, sequentially, not necessarily overlapping. Where there there wasn't like a, a Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage. Uh, and defenders all and Punisher all rolling at the same time. They certainly had overlaps, but they were they were not exactly. Uh, it, you know, it was not exactly like a bunch of little series going is series going on. I, I kind of just treated it all sort of as the same type of show. Uh, in that they very different tones for each one of the show, but a common shared world and and characters, and, and they all had a, a deep interaction with each other. So from that angle. Could they have done more? Absolutely. Uh, Could were they all in an okay spot to wrap up? Yeah, pretty. You know they could have. What this makes me wonder though is I don't think it's so much Marvel walking away from Netflix. It makes me wonder: Are they trying? Do they want to kind of keep it fresh and explore some new things or look at new series coming out? uh, If that kind of makes sense. Now I will say if there is one thing that I wish that they would do again, uh, if they walk away from all of us, I really, really enjoyed the defenders um, like mini series. They had, I think it was like five, five or six episodes. Maybe it was very short. It's about half it half or less than half the size or, or episode length of any of the other seasons for the other individual characters. Uh, but it was really super well done. And watching the interactions of all of them were just phenomenal. um, my my hope against hope is that there will be a uh, a Spider Man or Doctor Strange crossover cameo event at some point with some of these characters because they all very much operate in the same kind of fictional space in New York and they're all there's a lot of tie in with them in the comics. Um, yeah, I know that's probably never going to happen, but that's that's sort of my my hope my hope for it. But yeah, I, I, would I would I like to see more? Sure. Um, I was very, very uh, taken with the, how they did the Daredevil world. I thought they did that really well. Um, they, they explored that a lot. Jessica Jones, they explored a lot. And that's, that was a relatively unknown character, too, in Marvel uh, that definitely blossomed that sort of character stature. Uh, well acted, well cast, well done for the most part. Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, it's kind of sad to see him go. But, yeah, I'd, you know, if as long as they have something else that they're looking at, I kind of don't mind them, you know, sort of packaging them up on high points and moving them on.
0: Do you think that Jessica Jones and Punisher will keep going or they can also get canceled in the near future?
1: Yeah, I think, I don't think, I don't see those going on too much further. Jessica Jones might get another one. Punisher might get another one, but uh, yeah, I don't, I, I guess the other things I'm, I know they use the word canceled, but I kind of viewed this as a, Hey, we just got to a stopping point. Not that the shows were tanking and we wanted to cancel the shows. I don't, I don't think it was necessarily that was the case. I think it was more along the lines of just waiting to see if they were going to do another season, which I I know there's some semantics there, but it's slight difference.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's fair. And I think we've talked about that in the past that it's, that's the term that a lot of outlets will use, but I I think that you're, you're on point when you say it was just kind of a, "Mm, I think we're good with where we are and let's just kind of, wrap it up rather than just can it because it's doing terribly. So that's, uh, that's, you know, and that's good. I think that's probably how things should go. You see so many, so often where shows are, they go on and on and on. And then after a while they finally do get canceled and you're like, yeah, they probably should have stopped like a season and a half ago. Um, They could kind of outlive their welcome, you know, so it's probably good to kind of stop it when it feels right rather than drag it on and end up with something, you know, much messier.
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. But yeah, I, like I said, overall, I, I was a fan generally of those. Um, I, other than Iron Fist, I was not a fan of Iron Fist. Um, I will say this: they did significantly improve that that series in the second season of Iron Fist, though. I I still think it's it's basically it's it's not it's it's not a good take on the character but they did dramatically improve that uh that series and they they did a they did a lot of neat things with with the character and really the environment around Iron Fist. You know, uh I think again, no this is I'm not throwing shade at Finn Jones. Please don't I don't want anybody to think that. I think he's a pretty good actor. Uh he's but he is not well suited to that role. Um and in fact a lot of the supporting characters in Iron Fist were were incredibly interesting and really, really well act, acted. And I, I think I enjoyed them as much, if not more, than the Danny Rand character.
0: All right. Sounds pretty good. So, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with those other ones. But, uh, yeah, it it should be good to see. So moving along to some more gaming-related news, Uh, so probably the the biggest topic that we're going to have for this week is, of course, regarding CCP Games' Project uh, Nova Alpha that was supposed to be starting in November. So what happened is that it was planned to have a closed invite-only alpha starting in November. You could sign up. We, We pushed that pretty hard so november 30th came with no news and ccp released a letter it went out via email and on other media outlets basically saying hey listen guys uh we were realizing from the feedback that we're getting from kind of our you know people who play the demo at vegas and you know their impressions and also some player studies that we have done in you know internally and, and externally that the game currently doesn't quite do enough in order to reach for the end goal that we have for the project. The end goal being, of course, the one universe, one war mantra, which is you know, kind of this idea of having you know an FPS game set in the New Eden universe and that it would be connected to EVE Online in, in one form or another. And they had talked about this probably uh, maybe two or three times in the past, specifically for Project Nova and how they wanted to do this and how they were going to start with kind of a thematic link and then go to a social, and then an economic, and then something else. And that they were really trying to stick to keeping it self-contained initially in order to kind of make sure they really locked in a really solid core FPS experience, and then kind of diving into linking the games together. And this comes off of the back of uh, the development for Dust 5.4, where there was a heavy, heavy emphasis on the Eve link, and presumably the core experience suffered because of it, because there's kind of a lack of focus. But they said, you know, this is kind of what we want, we want these game, this game to feel like it's part of the new Eden universe, and we feel that we have not done enough to achieve that goal. And as such, they are delaying the closed alpha for an unknown amount of time, basically saying, like, you know what, we don't want to rush forward with this, we're going to take our time with it, so we're going to delay the alpha... And kind of take a step back and look at what they've done look at what people are asking for and kind of answering some hard questions regarding you know how do we make this feel unique how do we make it feel interesting and how do we make it feel part of you know this universe that we want to be part of um and that they've probably been a little overly conservative in trying to just stay very self-contained and they might have to kind of branch out from there um To be clear, um, the statement came out, but then CCP Rattati and then later CCP Dopamine, who is the uh, community manager, popped into the dust veteran discord and kind of clarified a few things. And I just kind of wanted to mirror some of that here. There was a phrase in the letter that came out saying back to the drawing board. A lot of people took that as, oh, God, they're restarting everything again. You know, this is going to be terrible. Um, They wanted to clarify by saying it's, it's not a restart. Back to the drawing board, meaning that we're just trying to take a step back, you know, and, and look at what we've done and make sure that we are, are going on the correct course. Do we have the correct scope? Do we, we go in the right direction with it? And then making some changes. It's not like a full restart of the project. He said that the core FPS mechanics are really solid. I would agree. It feels and shoots and feels really good. Um, and that the uh, the AI for the the PVE because there's some issues with how it's presenting, but the the, the brain behind the AI is also really solid so they're they're keeping a lot of those really core large you know (laughs) systems but they are going to kind of look at how they are presenting the universe like do the environments look like they're they're part of New Eden, do they make you feel like you're part of New Eden? Um, Is what you're doing have meaning, does it feel important, does it have persistency? that sort of thing that's what they're really focusing on and that of course will come with some rework i imagine with some of the stuff they've been talking about but that's really what they're focusing on but the game is not being restarted it's not being canceled um i just kind of want to make sure that was really clear um, because he did kind of come in and when i when i read the letter I, I i had a pretty good feeling that that's what they meant but the wording was absolutely terrible and how they presented it um and so they they came in and clarified so i kind of wanted to, to say that to you guys here um, but yeah, so, you know, it wasn't explicitly stated that, hey, we're adding an Eve link earlier than expected. Um, that's just kind of my interpretation of it. But when they say our end goal is one universe, one war, and we're doing more to reach that goal now, that's kind of where I go with it. So that was kind of my thought on it. But, Jay, I kind of want to get your thoughts on it because I know you've kind of had um, a similar opinion that the game hadn't done enough to set itself apart from other offerings and that this could potentially kind of fix part of that issue. So, what do you think about this?
1: Um, so, uh, when I caught when I caught the note uh, in my email, you know, I, I, you know, I'm on the subscribe list and all that kind of kind of good stuff. Um, I, for for maybe the briefest of moment, you know, literally literally just a couple seconds, I was like, "Ah, CCP's get they're ready to set the dumpster on fire again," uh, but. In all, in all fairness though I actually think this is probably a smart move on their part like if you're if you're not ready don't put the game out um, you know don't don't put it out in the in a conditioner state where you can't control the narrative okay so I think that that is a smart move on their part I, I don't I, like I've, I've been involved in some alphas before and they're they're kind of they're they're in a weird, they're in a, I don't know what the, you know, I couldn't tell you what the, the technical term is anymore because from what I've seen with alphas and all the way from super early, early pre-releases, which I would call alphas in many ways, you know, from Steam or whatever, or even other like larger games that I've, you know, I've had access to, you, you expect a, to be able to see basically the skeleton of the game, basically the framework of the game, um, And and that's also where they do a lot of, um, you know, different, you know, experiments with what, you know, for lack of a better term, the sandbox or like the environment of the play environment of the game. But but there's supposed to be a skeleton there that where you can kind of see this is the this is the game. It is a it is a it is a good sketch of the game. Right. And then beta is generally much more, much, much more refined. And I would argue in, in recent years, beta has come closer to mean this is what re- re- we are releasing and now we're trying to tune numbers and polish things. Um, so I think their the gap is, is very subjective based on the developer. Um, that being said, if, if you want to control the narrative about your game, you control what people see on it, right? You know, for good or bad. And I think this is a good move. I, I think this is a smart move. If the game wasn't where they wanted it to be, they have to figure out what are they going to get out of the release into alpha? What is the level of feedback they're going to get? Get is, Are they going to get feedback on the right things in order for them to continue to move forward with their vision for the game? Now, you'll notice, and, and I think Pokey read it off for a, a little while ago, um, You know, that, it's not like they just have like you know 20 or 30 people in-house that are working on the game, like hop on to hop on to play PCs and, and like test it out with each other. They actually hire companies that supply people like professional testers that come in, or you have your own in-house testing staff, probably both. And they give very, very detailed test reports on these. And if you've never, if you're a casual gamer and you've ever thought you want to be a tester and it sounds like a cool, cool gig, it probably is sometimes, But try to figure out where the invisible geometry that kills players is on one corner of a map of one level of a game for like nine straight hours and get video documentation of it down to X, Y axis in the, you know, uh, in the wireframe model. Like that shit's tedious. And then they write very professional technical documents that support this. So what this tells me is a couple things. I, I believe him that the shooter mechanic is good. Everybody that I've talked to you uh, laid hands on the, on the shooting, said the shooting was quote-unquote felt good, generally was good. Um, but it was also extremely simple, uh, very, very, very vanilla. Uh, and there was not a lot that they really unveiled, I think, at, at Vegas, uh, you know, based on what I saw. It, it was pretty, pretty, bare bones is not the right word, but it was very, very vanilla. Uh, and you absolutely could not understand what else was going on outside of the game or the other structures of the game. But that also wasn't the point of the demonstration either. So based on what Pokey was saying, and, and we had, we had a, a pretty good, pretty couple healthy roundtables on this a few weeks back, my overarching concern for this, for their game, is if they think they're going to compete with the, you know, the incredibly saturated first person shooter market, uh, just because it says the word Eve on it, they're crazy. Like they've got to, they have to have rock solid gameplay. The bet that if you think about it, great gameplay mechanics in the first person shooter game there, that is the entry point. Like, like if you think about it, like think of all the games when you think of first person shooter games that everybody's that, larger groups of people play, there is none of them that's eh, this handle's kind of fucked up, you know, like it, you know, it doesn't feel good when it shoots or like, you know, the movement's kind of wonky. There's none of that. Like that 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 is the price of entry to even get into into the playing field. And then once you get on that playing field, then you've got to have something that is markedly different than everybody else. Otherwise you will not get the time of day from the vast majority of gamers out there. Um, and, and this is kind of what we were talking to, uh, to Ripley and, and so, and, and, those guys we brought on And my point to them was if I knew nothing about dust 514 and I knew nothing about Eve and you showed me this, like, what's my logical reaction to it? I'd be like, and what else is going on with this? Otherwise, yes, that's cool. But I will continue to play these other 12 games that are probably as good or better, you know, at the baseline shooting that they have, have something I'm decidedly interested in or there's there's something about them the setting of it i like or the the lore or the tone or whatever it is you gotta you gotta bring something else to the table now like i said the mechanics that is the cost of entry into the game but there's got to be something else and I, and I hope that they're working on it and it sounds like they are i mean from what you're telling me pokey so i, I think this is a good move long-winded way of saying it's a good move um and, and and honestly, I don't I don't know of too many times when games were delayed when somebody said, "Hey, it's not ready," and they held on to it that it didn't turn out. Probably, I, I suspect probably better than if they had showed it to you early when you when you wanted it, the customer wanted it. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's an okay thing. Now, what I'm interested to see is what their level of communication is going forward after this. If they go into fucking radio listening silence for six months, that's a problem.
0: No, no, I would agree, and I think that that's they—they they got pretty quiet, you know, leading up to Vegas, and I—that's usually common before a you know quote-unquote release of something. But at this point, it's like your community really needs you to kind of be in game, even if you pop in for like five minutes every couple of days and just like shoot the shit, you know, drop a little screenshot, something like that. People eat that shit up. That that goes a long way, and I don't. I think that I, I honestly feels like game developers have this this expectation that people want this like giant dev blog thing all the time. I'm like, yeah, they just want to know that you're still there and actually working on it. And, you know, recognize that the players still exist and are curious. Um, so I, I do hope that they can actually maintain a reasonable level of communication moving forward with this. I think, I think one of the, one of the sharp, the, the two sharpest things
1: I saw in terms of like uh, exchange with a community was actually when warhammer 40k was putting out their fps game which is strikingly a lot like dust by the way since it was actually being for the longest time being uh the ep was actually a guy originally who helped put dust together um that that, before him the guy before him miguel casron they were actually doing like i think weekly like you know 30 minute uh, streams where they would put out and they would just like just literally go through forums or, or Twitch questions. Say, hey, everybody's like, hey, you know, this week we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this weapon or this week we're going to talk a little bit about uh, this environment or this type of vehicle. they pick a thing, talk about that one very specific thing for a few minutes and then they would just answer questions. And, and it was probably about 30 minutes. Uh, Hairbrain Schemes was genius at this. Uh, they were doing the same thing with a little bit more long form, almost like podcast or Twitch stream style things every, every few weeks, uh, probably about every month. Uh, and they were also really good at releasing really well crafted updates about, you know, once, you know, once a month-ish. Uh, so they had a really good cadence with this. And they were also pretty okay with like their devs coming on shows like ours. So there's people out there that do this and it, it's not a huge investment if you're the game development company uh but i think you have to be extremely confident in what you're doing and have a little bit of freedom from the mothership to be able to do that kind of thing and i'm pretty sure that those two things are kind of tough to come by together
0: yeah especially since they have a you know a community manager at this point you know i assume in in prep for the alpha that isn't happening now i mean it's like that's his job is to communicate with the community so i mean i I do hope that we see more of ccv dopamine and and hopefully CCP Rattati, though. We, I always worry when he talks as he's so terrible at communicating his actual ideas that it worries me. But, um, you know, I, I do hope we see more of that because it it is really important, especially when something like this happens. You had a bunch of anticipation leading up to it. It's like, just throw us a bone, you know? Just, just really, it's really important. And I, I do hope that they recognize that.
1: Yeah, I think it would be pretty cool. Like, I think with... Uh, with the advent of a guy like uh, CCP dopamine, I think it's a, it's actually a pretty good idea that they they should really start considering uh, a, maybe a more interactive style. I don't mean just on the forum; I mean maybe something more broadband. I, I, I'm I'm a big fan of them hopping on a, a Twitch stream or something like that, or coming onto a couple different shows, something a little bit more interactive where people could talk to them in like bite-sized chunks, like you know, 30 minute discussions, that, that kind of thing, like every couple of weeks. I think that goes a long way, um, in terms of just engaging folks. So, it, it, but, and, and let's also be realistic. There's only so much you can do with a game. That's like, you know, not even out in alpha, right? You know, there's, there's only so much you can really talk about too. So there, you can very quickly kind of run the balance of not being able to, not having a lot to engage on. Cause it's not like you can show like fresh hot game gameplay footage like every week either.
0: Yeah, you're certainly more limited. I mean, it, it was nice that when Versati popped in, I think it was yesterday. He was kind of showing, like, already, like, here are some of the things we're looking to change, and here's like some prototypes we're working on. Um, that was that was really good. That that went a long way, and people received that pretty well. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you can't do a lot, but just bits and pieces, like I said, even that 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 helps. You know, I mean, obviously, you can't do full gameplay, you know, stuff much of that, but. Yeah, no, I I hope that they can they can reach a, a balance of sorts. But yeah, kind of rolling back to the, the issue at hand though with the um the delay, just kind of my thoughts on it. It, it was I was talking to Livy about it, and it was kinda of like depends on what you're coming to this game to play, I think. And for me, what I usually find compelling in uh, a game like this is usually progression and character customization. And I don't mean just, you know, space barbies, I mean like in-depth fitting, customizing how my character plays and that sort of thing. And that's really what drew me to to Dust is I really liked that that sort of that sort of gameplay. It was never the eve link for me. You know, that was kind of a eh, it's cool, you know, it was it was a neat idea, but it was the actual like customization, long-term progression, that sort of thing. That that was me personally, and it's gonna be different for everyone. Um the issue is is that you see I believe that Nova will probably have a really good customization and progression, just because I've seen what they've done before. They had a pretty good formula. I would love to see more of that. The issue is, is that you look at any game out there, look at Destiny, look at Anthem, you know, they all say, we have a deep customization and progression system. Everyone says that, that has any RPG elements in their game, regardless of what degree of how good it is. That's what they all say. So when I hear that, I kind of go, okay. And I actually want to see what they've got. problem is is that if if that's what they're banking off of of, hey we've got pve and we've got pvp at the same time well okay a couple games have that or we have deep customization and, and progression well yeah a bunch of games say they have that too i think for a big thing for them is that you even if you've got really good features you need something that's marketable something you can actually say is like this is truly unique and it's easy to explain and you know for just low hanging fruit. I mean, it's not low hanging, but just you say, Hey, it's connected to Eve online because this, this, and this, no other game could say those words, you know, and that's, that's what it makes it marketable. And even if that's not the reason people actually stick around, they're sticking around for the other stuff, the social, you know, whatever that gets them in the door because that, that draws interest and makes it like a true unique selling feature. And I think that's really critical for them right now. And that's definitely what they were missing. Um, just from like a public perspective of of coming in not knowing anything what's going to make me give a shit about this game compared to something else you know once they get in the door then whatever the sky's the limit you can have all kinds of stuff um i think they need to elaborate on on that stuff as well but i think for making this thing truly stand out they need something else besides solid fps mechanics because you're right Jay. like that is the bare minimum entry is the game has to shoot and feel good well yeah it's a shooter obviously um, it needs more than that. And I think they're kind of realizing, you know, unfortunately they were kind of thing <laughs> realized at the last second, Hmm, maybe we should actually stick a step back and take a look at this and see if we are actually going to be able to produce a product that will be successful. And so it, it's absolutely shitty that, you know, this thing got delayed and particularly that it got communicated like on the last day of November. And that was kind of the time frame they gave for the alpha. That was, that was terrible. And they've even admitted, yeah, we should have done better on that. Cool. Fine. I get it. But, uh, you know, it's it's overall, I think it will probably be a good thing because it's it's forced them to kind of ask some hard questions of themselves and go, we are confident in what we're doing, but are we doing enough? Are we going the right direction? Do we have the right scope? And I think that that's, that's probably going to be a positive in the long run. Um, I'd love to see what direction they go and that's kind of going back to the communication thing but you know overall i think that then kind of pumping the brakes a little bit and taking a look at it is probably going to be a positive even if the way it rolled out even if not getting into players hands sooner than you know than we had hoped it's probably a good thing hopefully um so i, I i'm taking it as a positive despite the negative you know way it was rolled out but uh you know we'll see i mean <laughs> ccp they have a they have a colorful history, but you know I, I do hope that they can be successful with this because, from what I've seen, it's a really good start, and I, I want to see it be successful because there is a lot of good DNA in there, and you don't tend to get that in other games. So you know, fingers crossed, but we'll see how it goes, and we'll of course keep you posted here.
1: Yeah, I, real quick, a couple of things I want to just touch on that you said uh, I think that you know kind of caught caught my eye a little bit was um, the kind of, kind of the concept of Gosh, uh oh, it was. You said something I was very interested in. Now I'm absolutely blanking my mind out on it. Oh my God, this is making for great radio, by the way. Uh I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb. I'm, I'm not gonna ask you to repeat any of that. I it was, it was a, a desperate question that I wanted to ask you while you were talking, and I just I I'm totally spacing right now. Again, we're not gonna really edit this out because we are not really, No, that's, was, that's a lot of work. <laughs> this uh, as we say, we do it live. So uh, hey. It's kind of it, cool.
0: It, it's recorded and basically live because I, oh, I like, no, I got it. I got it. I got oh, it.
1: Oh, go, 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 go. Okay. So here's my question. At what point do you think they realized in the development studio that they hadn't actually talked about anything like missions or campaign or anything other than go to a lobby, click, click fight, and then get in. Cause that's what I think. That's what I think has happened.
0: Uh that's a good question because I mean it was because like I was expecting like eh probably the second half of November, they probably are not gonna roll this thing out like a week after the presentation. So the fact that they were like going like, oh shit, you know, I, I almost feel like it was probably closer to like the last week. And they're like, We're not okay, we're not comfortable with, with moving forward, you know, so uh we better say something before the end of the month. Uh we'll do it on Friday. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm thinking it was probably later in the month, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, and, and by the way, I, I know I'm kind of joking about it, but it it, it honestly feels like um, that. I, like when I heard the descriptions coming out of Vegas, like from the roundtable you guys had with the CCP staff, and and really a lot of your guys' comments that were there, and and had some interactions with developers that <clears throat> I it it. I I couldn't really get a sense of what the game was about, you know, other than, hey, we have a space where you can shoot at each other. So that's that was one of that was honestly one of the biggest, uh, you know, red flags for for better lack of better term. And I I think that that's probably being a little too harsh, but um, that's what what I just couldn't get any sense of what the game was about. Um, And that's and if all you're going to do is have basically a lobby shooter, eh, I don't know. Good luck competing with Call of Duty, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they have the narrative, you know, of like the PVE is Sancha attacking, you're, you're protecting ships from being captured. Cool. Um, but they, they kind of wanted to have this, thing. God, I hate to say, it, like Dark Souls or like Destiny style where the lore is kind of hidden and you kind of got to dig for it. Sure, but something you still need like the hook of exactly why you're there. Um, I, I would never say you need a, a campaign. I don't think that's necess- like necessary. Yeah, I,
1: I, but... think, I, I don't think that's the right term either. But I, I do think you need a framework, like a, a some kind of game and narrative or store, or like you know, some kind of framework that you're working around. And I think that's, that's kind of what I was driving at with the alpha comment. Like you actually see that in an alpha. Like you see what that framework is. And that, that doesn't mean it, it may not change a lot. Uh, and it, it, often it does change, and sometimes fairly significantly, but... You do see some of that framework. The alpha is predominantly a technical activity, not so much of a, you know, gameplay story unveiling. And I don't think anybody was thinking we need these massive cutscene, you know, campaign mode activities. I don't think that's what people were going for. Um, It'd be kind of cool if they did, you know, as they say. But I don't, I I don't think anybody's expecting that. But you have to have something. and and by the way, your point about customization and things like that—that's that's a big thing that I get into as well in these games. Is how much can I uh, craft, tweak, and and shape what my, my you know my my guy, my character can look like, do, and and how does he feel in the game, and, and how people and how things react to his abilities in the game. Um, that's one of the biggest uh, draws to these kind of things, and. And like I said, you know, there's a lot of competition in that space. Uh, I, I'm I'm very interested in seeing what Anthem does. I think it's going to be a little bit more Monster Hunter World than Destiny, but, but just looking at that 40-minute stream they did on character customization, holy beeswax. Um, you, you can do a lot with that. So there's, you know, there's any number of things out there that you want to see. So you could do it like a 40-minute stream or a 40-minute discussion if you're dopamine on just what they are, what their thoughts are on character skill trees and progression. And, you know, like here's how you, you know, unlock stuff. Is it call of duty where you're just unlocking bipods and magazines or whatever, you know, or is it, no, you're, there's like different abilities that you get to unlock with different trees or whatever. Just like, that's a huge, th- those are a lot of unknowns, I think.
0: No. And I would agree. Cause I mean, they, they've, the thing is that stuff's been talked about, and it's been over a very long period of time. And you know, when when I put together my videos on it, it was like a solid hour of content of just talking about this stuff. Like it was five different videos, um, but it needs to, you know, that, that's that's great for us, it, it, biomass, you know, to, to be able to put that out. But you do at this point start needing to see more of an official, you know, uh, discussion about it because I mean that stuff. Some of that stuff has been a year plus old. It could have changed. It probably has changed. You know, I'd love to see an update to what they're thinking and kind of what they're doing. And, you know, it's it makes me wonder, you know, where exactly they are in developing those systems. I mean, just looking at kind of what they're hinting at and what they're doing and where the alpha was and some of the technical issues they were having when they were doing the demo at Vegas I kind of had the feeling like it was maybe a little premature, but that was the day of the event. So that's when they did it. Um, And they they probably could have spent, you know, three, six more months kind of baking some of the stuff in, adding some of the stuff you talked about, you giving like a clear indication, like, here's what's going on. Here's why you're doing this. Um, It it felt a little premature. Like what they had was solid, but they probably could have flushed it out more and they maybe just ran out of time. I'm not sure but i'd be curious to see where they are on on developing these because they they have been fairly hush hush about it and i I almost wonder if the reason that ratati has chosen to release this stuff kind of through discord is because it's it's less of an official statement and more of a hey i'm just asking you guys what you think rather than this is how it's going to be um but again that was that was a year ago you know for some of this stuff so i'm I'm, kind of curious to see where they are in in finalizing some of these designs and and being able to talk about it more openly, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're, you're spot on with that. Just in terms of, you know, kind of the assessment of it. But, I, and and I don't want to give them short shrift. I mean, they, they, probably, they, I assume they, you know, they, they probably got a very fleshed out map of where they want to be. Um, some of this sort of makes me try to understand, like, how long does it, how long does it really take to to build a game, and what are expectations that you know based on what what you're trying to get out of the game. That's one of the things I always find fascinating about this, because I would say 95 or 98, 99% of the people out there that play games, their, their interaction with a game is really at the point of purchase and then play. And then they're done. Um, whereas I think there's a growing, you know, kind of group of people probably, you know, if you think about it, like my age bracket, certainly, and then definitely yours, um, Games have been around a lot longer and we talk and they and they stay in development for so long. You know, we, you know, we talk about them and it's, it's basically like, like I used to watch all my friends, uh, and myself a little bit, like in the off season of the NFL talking about nothing but the NFL, like, you know, the draft, like doing all this shit going around the NFL draft and all this other stuff it has nothing to do with actually playing a football games. Um. And, and I feel that, that we're kind of in that mode a little bit with a lot with gaming generally, but I don't know what's healthy either, because I do not know how long it really takes to make a game. What I do know is sometimes it takes a really, really, really long time. Um, either due to complexity, you know, capability of the dev shop, size of the dev shop, whatever, uh, what they're trying to build, you know how ambitious it is, whatever. We don't really understand any of those variables with CCP. In all honesty, we 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 absolutely don't. Uh, so that that's that's kind of why I wonder like how how fair is it to kind of challenge them on these things sometimes.
0: Well, and and I think that the fact that they they moved the project from Shanghai to Iceland like a year year and a half ago, it, it, the vibe that I've gotten and just you know rumor mill, you know it, it's that that kind of was like that's when the actual development really started when they had to move it. And they pretty much started over because obviously they lost probably a ton of employees in that move because, I mean, it's a big, big thing to move from Shanghai to, to Iceland. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a big life shift. And I imagine a lot of people probably couldn't do that. So you're looking at, okay, you might have some, some stuff built up but now you're moving to Iceland, you you got to rehire a bunch of people. Um, You've obviously got your partnership with Sumo Digital, which didn't really pop up until, you know, around that time. So that involves, you know, assembling that team, beginning development. I almost wonder if you really are only seeing this iteration of, of Project Nova really being from that, that move, you know, from Iceland up until now, which is only a year, year and a half or so. So, yeah, again, I'm like you, I don't know exactly how long it would take to make a game. Um, obviously we aren't entirely clear on the resources or what that would even translate to, but you know, it's 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 a little unclear. That's why I'm not so hypercritical. I hear a lot of like, well, I've been working on this for like five years. I'm like, hey, your your timeline's a little off, buddy. Um, because the stuff they showed like 2016 um in Vegas was or at Fan fest rather, that was like just a tech demo. It wasn't even really the actual development. They were just recycling assets. And and I think that a lot of what you're seeing has been much more recent than it looks like. And adding PVE is also very difficult. It's very time intensive to, to add PVE. If they're doing a straight PVP game, they're probably going a little bit faster, but you know, to build an AI engine is is pretty tough. So I'm not really faulting them so much on their progress because if you look at it from that timeline, it's like a year, year and a half. Games can take a really long time to make. I don't think it's going to take five years for Project Nova to be playable, but having it like good to go released, you know, two years after they start is probably not super reasonable. So that's kind of where I'm at personally. But, you know, again, a lot of that is kind of speculation on when did they actually start working on this thing.
1: Yeah, no thought on in terms of uh, in terms of your assessment. Um, I, I, like I said, I don't know how long it takes to make a game, but I do know that if you don't have a lot of good people that know how to do it already, it's it's hard as fuck. <laughs>
0: um,
1: I, I w- This is one of the things where I kind of think CCP, you know, in, in many ways, one of their their biggest. Problems, and there is also one of their biggest strengths. They overreach a lot, uh, which means they fail a lot. You know, which is okay in some circles, but it's really tough when you're in a customer-based environment. I'll be really upfront with you. What I, if I could go into the Wayback Machine and you know, give Hillmar like an extra bag of Coke or something like that to help bribe him or whatever, because whatever they they spend all that Eve money on, I I would have strongly recommended they put together a core team of trusted CCP agents that go in and sit with basically an actual, like a game, a game house that, it, that knows how to make the type of game they want or has made something very close to what they want or they have some kind of proven capability and paid them to do it. Or, or like brought them in to do it, but CCP is not into that. They are, they do not. They want to have very closed environments, that kind of walled garden kind of feel. And and I'll be honest with you, I think I think that that's one of their biggest problems. Like if you had brought in, um, you know, imagine like uh, you know like somebody like like Ratid who's got the vision, but now he's working with uh, a you know, a, like a co lead, like a an actual a co executive producer that's made these kind of games, or like a shop that's made, you know, like that's done this. Um, I mean, for the record, Vicarious Vision they, they put together a lot of Forsaken. You know, that like that that wasn't just Bungie doing that. So, so this is this is not new. I mean, a lot of people do this.
0: Well, and I think that shows because I mean, obviously they're working with Sumo Digital and with our interview with their lead designer. Sumo is basically their their job as their team is solely the in match experience of the actual core shooting. You know, in that part was actually really good. And Sumo is of course not really known for FPS games, but apparently the people that are actually on the team that are working on it have had at other other positions, different companies, a lot of experience with FPS games. So, you know, I think the fact that that CCP said, you know what, we we tried this where we try to put together an FPS game and we Pretty much botched the the core experience we need to outsource it that's worked really well I and mean, that really shows i mean it's like i said from what i've what i experienced doing vegas it was really solid um so that worked um it's just kind of ccp now layering the stuff on top of the core experience to make it feel like a new eden game and that's where they they, they need to do better i think so you know I, I got to give props for it to do Like, Sumo did a really, a really solid job, especially since, again, as a company, they're not known for FPS games. They have experienced people working on it, which is good, um, but they, they did a really solid job. I think we just need to kind of see the other side of it come up now with, you know, the internal stuff from CCP of how do you make this a new Eden game? And, and that's where they really should be specialized at. I mean, that's that their whole business is EVE Online pretty much at this point. Um, so them focusing on that and letting Sumo deal with, the actual, you know, core shooting. It's a great idea. It's working well from what I can tell so far. It's just, you know, we need to kind of wrap the whole thing up and, and, and make it feel, you know, unique at this point. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty fair. Um,
1: let's let's then kind of like this over to uh, one of our other topics. Uh, just you know, for the sake of time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, You, you want to? Let's see. Which ones you want to handle next?
0: Um, A lot of them are pretty quick. Um, So Anthem is uh, getting a closed alpha. Um, So it's a closed alpha. Bet bet that one's
1: not going to get canceled.
0: (laughs) uh, Hopefully not. Um, The thing is, is that you have... Until December third to actually sign up for it. So That's tomorrow. So I I just found out about this. It's been up for a few days, but if you sign up by December third, you can potentially get an invite to the closed alpha. And the alpha is running this next weekend, um, the eighth and the ninth. Uh, they said that it's it's definitely a very limited scope of what you'll be doing. It's not like a full view of the game. It's not like a demo. Um, who knows if this is actually like a true alpha or if it's just kind of like a marketing alpha? We'll see. But it's something that you know I, I'm. I am extremely skeptical about Anthem, and that's entirely because of it's you know, EA, obviously. But uh, I will still give this a shot. The game looks very interesting. I've actually kind of isolated myself from a lot of the uh, videos I've seen online. Um, I don't know Jay, you, you mentioned earlier in the show that you you've been looking at them, which is great. Um, but it's still I've seen tidbits of of stuff and it, it it seems interesting i don't really trust the game i probably won't be pre-ordering because i don't trust ea but i'll certainly uh, give the alpha a shot so I'll, I'll we'll be sure to have a link in the description for that one
1: yeah i, I like i'm, I'm i I've, i think there's a couple of people have already indicated they've got codes for the pre-alpha um or they've got an invite for the pre-alpha that's come through um I am, I'm interested in it because it kind of occupies the, you know, the, the kind of setting and game space that I kind of like to, to be in. Um, I, you know, I, you know, full disclosure, I've not played any version of the demos or anything like that for Anthem. Um, just some of the game gameplay footage and some of the, uh, the EA streams that they've done, uh, which are, are well done. I mean, they, they do a good job of showing off the game and they are 100% going after that Fantasy, sci-fi, Destiny, Mass Effect kind of audience—they are 100% going down down the road for that. Um, you know, it's—I think it's—I think it's maybe a little bit more RPG heavy um, than, than people might think, or at least customization heavy. Certainly, the customization stuff is just incredible in that game. It's—I mean, there's an incredible amount of options of what you can do in there. You know, to kind of make your your javelin suits look however you want. Um, yeah I'm, I'm. I'm interested to see what the feedback on that is Most of the people that have you know like kind of big content creators and stuff that have have like you know had videos up like or whatever talked about it coming out of some of the conferences generally said that um it it plays with in your hands a lot better than it probably looks like to you on the like on the uh on the screen if you're just watching it. Which is interesting, you know, and a lot of them kind of notice a lot of it has to do with the movement and, and just kind of how you interact with things from a, you know, like a sh- you know, an engagement, like a shooting shoot move kind of standpoint, that it's a lot better uh, than it probably appears to the observer on the screen. So, uh, you know, I take that with a grain of salt. That's kind of cool. So I, I think, uh, I think, you know, like I said. Cautiously optimistic. Very interested to see what that, that one's going to be. But I, here's what I do know: There's a, I think they're going to lean or, lean a lot harder into the RPG aspects than than D2 did. Uh, Destiny 2 actually dialed back D1 a lot uh, in terms of that aspect, and D1 wasn't huge on it either. You know, by the way, to start with. I think what we're going to get out of Anthem will probably be reminiscent of maybe a the God of you know, God of War style progression you know, where there's like, you know, some fairly elaborate skill trees and some options you can have, but uh, it's, you know, which is cool. Uh, And and I think that's frankly, that's a lot of the big rumors are talking about for whatever, whatever the the thing D3 will end up being that there's a lot of, uh, you know, internet discussion that's, that's being kind of, I think, quietly fueled by some very, very strategic leaks by Bungie that, you know, they're going to lean double hard into the RPG side of things for the next destiny offering. And, A year or two whenever it comes out
0: yeah no it should be uh it should be interesting to see like i said it's uh it it looks great a lot of stuff i've heard talked about it sounds really good um it's the kind of game i would like to play it's just you know you understand my my reluctance at this point with the recent stuff that's been happening but uh we'll definitely give this one a shot
1: (laughs) yeah no i think that's pretty it's pretty good man the um just a couple of general thoughts. I'm not gonna. I don't, don't want to go into a, a big uh, uh, delivery on on the Black Armory that's coming out. But I, just a couple of thoughts. I know you guys talked about it uh, last week. It's uh, you know, Black Armory is the, the latest uh, kind of annual pass activity for Destiny. A couple things. I, I do want to. I, I think there's a couple of very very important things. It's not so much about the internals of Black Armory, but it's more about the direction you're going. If there is a game company I'd like to like nominate for has realized their mistake and is actively trying to correct it and work with, the, with their game community to do so, uh, you know, like best in show for 2018, I would probably give it to Bungie right now. Um, night and day offering in terms of what Forsaken is versus what D2 Vanilla was um and i think and we've talked about that that's that's all over everywhere that's not like that's a secret um and in fact what's fascinating is it's getting game of the year award time now and you and forsaken is popping up a lot uh in like a lot of the major publications and stuff as a as a there people are debating like how do you classify a game like this a games as service game cuz more and more games are like that that's it's actually more the norm than not um, so how do you Rate one of these, and pretty much everybody agrees that where Forsaken is versus D two, they are, you know, night and day different. You know, different different types of games in terms of what a, a player feels and experiences. Um, so, from from you know from that standpoint, uh, Bungie did release their Vidoc, uh, their their video documentary. I uh, think was I, I want to say it was like nine minutes, nine, ten minutes. Not very long, but it gives you basically an update on the roadmap for the year. And they have moved away from traditional episodic DLCs to a more steady flow of content. And a fair amount of it, by the way, is you don't know what it is when it's coming out. It's, a, it's, it's sort of discovered in-game, which is a phenomenal sort of treat for the, for the community. Um, the direction they're going is pretty phenomenal i think they are definitely stepping it out they are def- they are taking the stance that they want to continue to expand the end game like the, the base game is what it is but they're expanding around the in game versus uh, traditional content drops that they used to do over the last several years and particularly in d1 this is a really good move for them so i think what they figured out is here's all the things people liked about forsaken now we're going to give you three of them it's, it's sort of my my vibe to it, that they're trying to double down on the things that they know are working. But at the same time, they want to take some risks and do some big things, um, which is a little bit different than what D2 was, which was basically an, an ultra conservative approach you can even offer in many ways. It was a step back to make it even more homogenous uh, and, and take away that special feeling of the game. You know, heads up CCP, you might want to listen to that. Um, so that is the direction they're going. They talked a little bit about Black Armory that's coming up. Uh, some, a lot of there's some new gameplay activities, a lot of new uh, new weapons, armor, exotics, things like that coming out. Uh, some new secrets, a lot of new lore dripping out. Uh, then you got Season of the Drifter coming up next in the spring, and uh, after that you're gonna you. after that you're gonna have um, a kind of a season of the Redacted. I think it's called Penumbra or something like that. It's it's about mysteries in the game. Uh, So I think we're going to have some pretty cool stuff coming up. Very much looking forward to Black Armory, just to see what they, you know, just the weapons they showed in the Vidoc were awesome. Uh, There's a new raid, which is cool. It's going to take place in the last city, which we have not really explored very much. We got a little bit of that in D2. And frankly, this is one of my more fun missions when you're actually in the, like not in the tower, but you know, out on the perimeter of the city, but you're like in the middle of the city. Those are some of the more fun missions for me. Um, so I think this is gonna be kind of cool. They even had some vehicular combat in there, which looked kind of neat. So the direction they're going looks really good. I am I am on board to see what they do with black armory. And that's that's kind of my hot take, but it was really more about I, I feel as a customer extremely comfortable and very happy with the direction that Bungie is moving with Destiny 2 right now.
0: Yeah, just, just really brief my thoughts on that. I think that the, the thing that caught my attention in the ViDoc, which I it really liked, was I think when he said, every week you log in at the reset, there's going to be something new. And I'm like, that's fantastic. Like, that's they, they kind of tried to do that with Destiny 1, but it was kind of this, this very planned, like, this week is Iron Banner, this week is, you know, Crimson Doubles, whatever, you know, and that's fine, that works, but just kind of the, there's a new piece of content every week is really solid. We've seen that, that timeline laid out for Black Armory where it's like a new armory or new, um, well, yeah, new forge each week <clears throat> is great. And then having like the big kind of um, exotic quest for, you know, at, at the end to kind of tie it all in and kind of lead into the next season, fantastic structure. I absolutely love that. It, it kind of goes in line with what we talked about before where it feels more like it is a – you're paying like a subscription. It's just all at once and it's kind of a more traditional like MMO of we're going to slowly trickle content on a very regular cadence to you. Um, so much better because the, the problem with the way that people play Destiny is that they tend to get a, a chunk of content and then just plow through it as fast as they can. And they're going, well, I'm out of stuff to do. And I think Bungie is kind of saving the gamers from themselves a bit and going, okay, well, we've got this content we've already kind of built, and we're going to give you just little bits of it every week and kind of let you, ration you out over the the next three months or so. It works so much better. It's, it's much more appealing in, in knowing that I can log in, I see the new stuff, I'm like, cool, I can figure this all out, I get my gun or whatever, try the new content, do my you know milestones for the week, and hey, the weekend's over, reset on Tuesday, new things. Like that's really, really solid. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I, I, I have no issue with subscriptions, but if they want to do it like this to, to make it easier for people to, to swallow the idea, cool. But I think the direction they're going with how they structure the stuff is fantastic. I'm very excited for the stuff coming out in Black Armory. It looks really good. Um, Big fan of the, uh, the 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 actual horn mode being matchmaking with three people and having an actually scaled for three people and like with Dude. mechanics for three people.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I I like that a lot. And they're also uh, strongly. I mean, they they've kind of indicated you're going to have some new game activities, action play activities coming up. New new mat, new crucible and uh, gamut maps coming up. I think more in. The next season, I think they're probably going to have something in this one. I bet maybe a new map here or there, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board with the direction they're going. And and here's what they've basically done: the traditional DLC model. They're basically like little like mini campaigns, or here's like a set of stories for a few hours. Just like you said, they're sort of these bite-sized pieces of content, and then you have these droughts in between. Very or or you really quickly get into a drought scenario. What they are, what they feel like they're doing, is really going into that more true games as a service model, where it is a continual uh, activity uh, and engagement for the player. I think that works really well. And the annual pass is, if you think about it, that's basically an annual subscription. That is them getting a, a subscription from you the, the way WoW or Eve does on a monthly basis. Um, I think this is. I I am. This is the first time I said this in a while about Bungie, but I I think this is going to be good. You know, I, I they had to hype Forsaken a lot, basically to I think because the game was kind of felt like it was on life support a little bit. They had to hype Forsaken a lot. They hit a home run with it, and now they absolutely have to follow up. They've got they they must they can't be one and done. They've got to follow up, and I think they realize that. And, and you could it's interesting you you can tell a lot in interviews even though they they are interviews and they're scripted a bit or they are controlled you can tell a lot about how studios kind of feel about their game or how people feel about their game like any of the engagements with folks from Bungie they are they're not like company man because I'm pos- I need to be, I'm told to be positive positive they are there's a genuineness to the energy that they have about the game that i would say Nine times out of ten bodes very well, usually for the game.
0: No, I, I would agree that they I mean they <laughs> there's even that one emote in the game of the, that one. Yeah, <laughs> oh
1: God, is, I love that emote. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's the very enthusiastic developer. Um it, it it does bring a smile to your heart when you see that because it's I, it's
1: I only I can only hope that they did that as a total surprise and didn't tell him it was in the game until <laughs> it released.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> just just logs in. What the hell is Oh Jesus. <laughs> No, that, that that's a good one. But you know, it's 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 all looking really good. Um, I'm very excited for it too. And I'm I'm pretty pumped for Tuesday when I get to to try out the first the first forge and, and get the new content. But yeah, this this new model they're doing is is really good. Um, and I, I like from a story perspective how they're doing it because, you know, like like I mentioned, like at the very end of the season, there's um the exotic quest and it's not really spoilers, but it it it, it is going to reward a weapon which makes a lot of sense that you would get leading into the season of the Drifter. And it's kind of this kind of, it's an evolving story over time rather than these big giant campaign drops. I like that a lot more because I feel like they spend a lot of time and money on these campaigns. And I'm like, they're great, but the lore is kind of where it's at and and kind of the characters, the little snippets. I I really like this a lot. I think it's going to go really well. I'm, I'm excited for it, so it should be good.
1: Yep, yeah, no, I, I think I think that's that's about where I'm at on it. So I so like I said, looking forward to it. We'll give you guys a, a deep rundown. Um I I would like to save my uh the the bigger discussion about spoilers, uh the conceptual discussion about spoilers till we got the rest of the crew. Uh, but I, I will say that, and Pokey alluded to this, uh, I got stung pretty hard by the uh the current Destiny Two spoiler. So, you know, the fourth, the current Black Armory spoiler, if you will. Uh, it's, I think it's come out about in the last 24 hours really hitting hard so by the time you listen to this if you're out there in radio land or podcast land you, you've either A probably seen it or B may not care or C um, it's kind of moxnicks because you've already, you've already been playing the game and you may have seen it um, so we're not going to talk I don't want to talk actually don't even want to talk about what the spoiler is until the next show so it, it will have already released um, but I do have to say this. I, I'm I'm not into spoilers. You know, I I, well, I respect other people. A lot of times I don't, you know, I kind of just, I don't mind like, okay, what's the plot of the next Star Wars movie? Let me figure it out before I go on. Okay, all right, no problem. I just want to enjoy the thing. Um, or if there's some spoilers about a video game here or there, I don't mind terribly, but I absolutely do not inflict them on other people. 100%. Uh, unless it's totally, absolutely an accident. I have come to a different conclusion after today and it was a very minor thing. So I did see the spoiler video kind of by accident, but I kind of got sucked into it. Once I, once I saw it, I went from being super hyped and excited about something that we're going to see in destiny to incredibly disappointed that I saw it in the way that I did, because I, I, you could tell you were meant to see it in a very specific way in the game. And it, and not knowing that, that that would have been in there and then seeing it live and experiencing it would have been a, an absolute holy shit moment. Uh, I can just imagine being on comms with some friends or something and you see this and you just go apeshit. Um, and I don't you know, I don't get that experience now. Now, that doesn't take away from how excited I am about the thing, but the way it's presented. Here's my hot take on spoilers that, that we'll probably do a little bit meatier discussion on. If you enjoy a game, if you, if you respect the people that made that game, that, that content don't promulgate spoilers because you're taking away from how they're trying to present their art. And I know for the vast majority of people that play video games, that doesn't even phase them. Um, But I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's important. And it. And you will never probably meet the people that put all that stuff together in a game like Destiny, but you know, in your, it, it, you know, that they wanted you to find that mystery in the game, hear about that thing in the game, see that thing in the way that they wanted it presented for the biggest effect, and they and they crafted that experience for you, uh, and spoilers don't allow. Sorry, my mic cut out. Uh, spoilers do not allow you to experience things that way. Um, there, so I've, I, after I saw that, I was very angry. You know, kind of at myself for watching a little bit, but once you see it, you can't really unsee it. Um, and I started fishing around then for what the reaction to, to this are, and you and, unif- and there's a lot of kind of aggravated people. Here's what people are really aggravated about: it's the trolls that jump onto discords or a uh, like a big content cr- creator, big Twitch streamer trying to do their, their show. And they're in the live chat, just, you know, all caps bombing the spoilers, you know, and spamming it out to people, not as an accident, not as a, an excited, Oh my God, did you see this was happening? But because they're being assholes, that's what that, that, that really struck me today. Uh, so that's that's kind of my, my my take on spoilers right now. Uh, you know, we can talk about it a little bit if you want. Po- po- I think probably a good discussion with the team on on this might might be kind of interesting, and, and it'd be fun to talk about the actual spoiler itself, frankly, for Destiny. Uh, but th- that was the first time I've really kind of experienced it from that lens. Uh, Mylan Games, who's a big Destiny lore guy, he's I mean, he's got some great videos. does really good stuff. He's on the Destiny Down Under podcast. He was at, He actually uh, got hired by Destiny to help him curate their lore book, their actual like hardbound lore book that you can buy in the Destiny store, which is by the way a really bad coffee table style book. Um, and he knows all these all the writers very very well. He's worked with them. He's been on, he's under contract with them, and he communicated on his show today. Um, the the you know the not I wouldn't say frustrations the right word, but, but you could tell is the disappointment. That the that the folks at Bungie have when this kind of thing comes out, because it really does uh, take away from the experience of the game for a lot of people when, when you see some things like this. So I I, I believe Matt uh, a, A.K.A. Mylon Games, you know, he is he's a real stand up guy, and he uh, has a good ear to what's going on inside Bungie. And you know what? Um, I, I hate to say it, but when things are on PC, this is what you get. When things are on console, you don't really generally know these things. I'm not saying nobody, sh- people on PC shouldn't have the game. That's not my. That's not my comment. All, all it is is you know when you release it into the wild, even if it's not accessible, people will data mine it and they will. It will immediately be posted everywhere in the world. Um, and that puts developers in a really, really tough spot about how they work with the game. Do you want to have all the material in the game so when you're ready to go live? it lowers the chances for hiccups but if you do that in your game kind of like destiny where a lot of what you live and die by on is the world building and the you know, kind of the, the things going on around you in the world not just the shooting that puts you in a really tough spot as a developer so anyway uh, that's that's kind of my monologue on uh, on why spoilers are shit <laughs>
0: no man i i won't i won't go too deep into it just you know like for me i got spoiled because it was literally on youtube just i wasn't looking i was looking for spoilers i was just looking for you know usual commentary and I'm listening to the usual guys and it popped up in the feed it's literally a screenshot of the spoiler with exactly what it was in the title of the video it's just like right out there right in the open like people are being total dicks about this um and at that point, I was like, well, shit, I've already seen it. Like, I might as well watch it now. I know what it is. Um, but, you know, if if you have for some reason been able to avoid this, um, that's uh, incredible for one. And two, just avoid everything online for like two days. Just Just wait until you actually finish whatever it takes to trigger this thing in the game. Because it is a... Is a huge, very, very important revelation for the story of Destiny Two, and like I was kind of the same same experience as Jay. Like when I saw, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this this has many implications for what's going on. Um, and then annoyed because I I couldn't have that holy shit moment after some you know cool thing that happened in the game. I saw it on YouTube at work accidentally, you know. So do be careful. I would avoid it. Just try to see it the way it was meant to be seen and just for the love of god avoid youtube and the comment sections and streams like just it's not worth it because this is a shitty one to have spoiled for you so that's all i'll say um but i am looking very much forward to talking about it next week after it's kind of out in the open because it's a very interesting thing um and that should be good so we'll be sure to touch on this again next week
1: Alright, sounds sounds pretty good, man. You got anything else for the show? Or you
0: want... No, I, I think we had a few more things. I'm going to put those off for next week, just because uh, we're we're looking good on time here. So sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, I guess <laughs> uh, I'll have one like those like negative shoutouts, like the those assholes that post things and, and you know force spoilers on people who don't want them. Screw you! <laughs> like that's terrible. Um, you know, you're, you're gaming is meant to be kind of a you know a, a cool fun thing we can do together and when you intentionally make someone's experience worse because you think it's funny you're a dick and get the hell out like it's it's that's horrible and you shouldn't do that so i won't call it a shout out but that's my my bit for the end of the show um what about you jay uh
1: i'm gonna give a shout out to boy uh he finished his ace of spades quest finally which means he doesn't have to come around to my account and play with the ace of spades um, often singing the song ace of spades by motorhead very loudly while he's doing so and accompanied by the ace of spades replica that uh pokey's brother dante made him so shout out to boy for completing ace of
0: spades solo it was good all right that's good stuff um so as usual guys if you want to be on the show you want us to talk about something go over to biomass.com we've got all our contact information there and give us a ring but that being said Have a good week. We'll see you next time.